this is Candace Pringle, lead pastor of FE Church, and this is our podcast. All right, well, it is Rewind Weekend. How many of you have been here for a Rewind Weekend before? Just raise your hand. Some of you. Good. So this is something we've done maybe four or five years now in a row, usually the very last week of the year or the very first week of the year. I was not here for those (laughs) this year, so we decided just to bump it into February. It is one of the most um, celebratory things that we do, I guess, at Freedom Valley. I often say that we're not super good at celebrating the past. I think as a culture, really, we need to get better at building in celebrations of the past because when you celebrate what God has done, you're much more likely to have faith for what he can do in the future. We often look back at all the bad things, like, oh, last year was crazy, it was busy, it was awful, it was whatever. We forget to celebrate the little and the big wins along the way and then mark those places in our lives. So that's what we're going to talk about today. First, I have some just let's let's get our rememberers up and running. Are you ready? Get your brains working, okay? Series for the year we're going to go over really quick. Thank you so much. Well, can we just put those up on the screen? Do you guys remember these series? Okay. Unqualified was our first series of last year. Does anybody remember what it was about? We're going to do like a quiz thing where you buzz in, but our quizzer wasn't working this morning, so I can't put anybody on the spot here. But anybody remember? Yell it out. No. It's about the qualifications. Yeah, Gideon was in there. Good. About the qualifications God uses to call us into the service of him, right? We all feel disqualified to serve God, but God calls us into ministry and he qualifies us. What was the next one? The comfort zone. Anybody remember this one? Yeah, we're too comfortable. God pushing us out of the nest a little bit to step out of our comfort zones. God gives us a playbook. Good. Privileges. Anybody remember? About the privileges and responsibilities of being a son or daughter of God, right? Of the king. It was about uh, finances was in there, but also how to be a participant in what God is doing. How about made new? Anybody remember this one? About how Jesus makes all things new. It was our kickoff of Easter and the story of Jesus coming back to life and how he brings things back to life in our lives. How about the wrong question? This is one of my favorites of the year, I think. How we ask the wrong question of God all the time. But how even asking the right God, the wrong question is still the right thing to do, right? Job was in there, I believe, and, and how we just ask God, why me, and all of that. That was a good one. Freedom isn't free. We had a lot of guest speakers, and freedom isn't free. Remember that? It was summer, discovering the true meaning of freedom in the kingdom, according to the book of Acts. Then there was suit up. You have to remember this one. What was it about? Yes, there were lots of <laughs> demon slaying. I heard that one. Yep, uh, armor of God, I heard. The supernatural world, how to be on guard against the enemy. That was a long one. It was a good one. How about taking ground right after that? How to be on the offensive. 
how we take ground as a church. It was evangelism, essentially, and all of that, yeah? And then there was God with us, which we just got out of. Anybody remember that one? (laughs) It was sending, God sent Jesus to be with us even in our messy humanity, right? It was our Christmas series. So that was last year. Now, I have some photo quiz questions for you. Are you ready for these? Aww. What holiday were we celebrating here? Starting off, yeah. (laughs) Not Halloween. Starting off with an easy one. It was Valentine's Day. Should we do that again next weekend? Should we take some pictures? It's still on the wall upstairs. We could easily take some pictures. All right, number two. What holiday? Oh, I just gave this one away. What holiday kicked off our made new series? <laughs> I just said that answer. All right, two easy ones to begin with. What ministry team is represented in this one? Media team. Very good. These are the guys that are running the cameras and the buttons, all the buttons to push in the back. Thank you, team. I love that you guys do this, by the way. You take like a family photo. Of the, I had one for Valentine's Day. I could have picked of the media team, too. Uh, which Freedom Valley birthday did we celebrate with a pinata in 2022? What number? 30th. That's right. It was our 30th birthday. Can you believe that? We'll be working on our 31st year as a church this year. All right, next. What Freedom Valley holiday are we celebrating here? It was Mother's Day. Yeah, aren't they cute? (laughs) Okay. What are Tom and Chris doing in the next photo? I don't actually know what they're doing. I think Chris is... Yeah, it was our Mother's Day competition. So it was, we had men uh, folding clothes, changing a baby, and making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich as fast as they could, I think. (laughs) That was fun. All right, uh, next one. What are these guys working on? Anybody remember what we did outside for a holiday? It was Father's Day. Remember what they were doing? Yeah, it was. It was like they were fixing a leak and a door hinge or something like that. Yeah, it was like the same Mother's Day type of thing, but for Father's Day, our ManFest competition. All right, next one. Why was the sanctuary filled with kids? It was VBS. Isn't that awesome? They were all kids in that photo in our sanctuary. That was our summer VBS. Okay, next What youth event is pictured here? It was at at Kalahari, but what was the event? Youth convention. Yeah. They went to youth convention. They got to be at a water park all weekend. Lucky ducks. All right. What event caused Aaron and Tommy to be playing guitar outside in this one? A bonfire worship night we had in October. Yep. And I think this is the last one. Which evangelist (laughs) sat in the congregation and stole the camera? (laughs) Tim Bennett, that's right. Tim Bennett, that just happened, right, in December. (laughs) Yeah. So we had all kinds of fun in 2022, right? We also had our testimony weekend. Do you remember that one where 
A whole bunch of people gave their testimonies up here that stretched their faith. It was awesome to hear all those stories. We had the Q&A after Suit Up, which was awesome. So much fun. We celebrated Freedom Valley's 30th birthday, Mama Palooza, you saw a picture of. We also had the summer cookout and carnival. Do you remember that? Out in the parking lot. Uh, we... We gave 70 foster kids summer kickoff kits. Kids Ministry worked on that, which was awesome. We had that manifest competition fixing stuff you saw. We also had a chili cook-off. Who was the winner of the chili cook-off this year? Sandra. Was it Sandra? How about the cookie contest? <laughs> Who was the cookie contest winner? Greta, yeah. Best cookies ever, officially. (laughs) We had the bonfire worship night. It didn't rain on us this year. That was awesome. We were in two community parades, handed out tons of flyers. Also, and I haven't said this publicly yet, but we sold the land across the street, which is such a big celebration. We have been trying to do that for two years. Uh, if you didn't know, we, we owned the land across the street. We had some plans for it. Those did not work out. And so we were actually able to sell it for a lot more than we paid for it as a church. We paid off two mortgages with it. Just huge celebration. <clears throat> yeah, if you're a partner, you'll hear more about that in the partner meeting this year. But it's such a big celebration and a really, really great thing for us as a church. We also started an intercessors team this year, which is a really great move forward, and an events planning team. That used to be just me before, so I'm celebrating that one. Um, the cafe got remodeled and is still being remodeled, and the team expanded significantly in 2022. <coughs> so many amazing things, and so many guest speakers, right? We had Aaron Holt, and Jake Curlin, and Tim Bennett, and Sam Masteller, and Jason from Freedom Life. We had so many amazing people speaking into us. It was a really, really great year. Did I miss any big notable events? I had a baby. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. That's coming. Um, yeah, so many amazing things. So let me just throw some numbers at you real quick as well. We sponsor kids for Christmas every year. <coughs> 11 families got covered this year. That's 32 kids total. Which is awesome. Most of those do not go to this church, so we were able to outreach a little bit. We have five home groups functioning this year. I'd love to improve upon that number this year. If you want to open a home group, let me know. We sent 12 kids to breakaway, 13 kids to summer camp. We sent 17 kids to winter retreat, 27 to summer camp for youth and 21 to convention, which is awesome. Their lives get changed at those things. It really is an amazing thing. We baptized 24 people last year, which seems so low, considering we just did 12. (laughs) We just did half of that, and it's February. Uh, We had nine I'm in responses that were texted in, and then 78 hands raised for salvation in 2022, which, yeah. So good to look back a little, right, and to celebrate some of these things. It's it's about working on the ministry, not just in it, right? We show up every week. We we often forget what God does in those big moments as we go, but looking at it as a whole. And there really are some spiritual significances here that I want to go into today. Rewind Weekend is about looking back, about celebrating what God has done in the past, but it's also readying ourselves to look ahead and building our faith for the future. Uh, I, 
Will you all, is it okay if I do like a sort of Christmas message <laughs> since I missed Christmas this year? I find this concept in the life of Mary, and I, I love to teach the story of Mary around Christmas because obviously she's part of the Christmas story, but it's not just relevant at Christmas, right? So in the Bible, I see God marking things. Maybe not things, more like moments. He marks these moments in history. He calls upon Israel then to look back on them often. He tells us to, to build monuments and to stack stones in places where he did something great. He builds a whole week of celebrations around something amazing that he did. He tells us to teach our children to remember them, to mark them, and to pass down that knowledge from generation to generation. But this is also a principle we can learn from the life of Mary. And I get this actually from the passage about the shepherds worshiping Jesus. I mean, can you imagine? Right after giving birth, and I've done this recently, so believe me, I don't care if it's minutes after or days after, right after is right after. Can I get an amen from any women out there? Yeah. She's just been through an ordeal. Mary has been through it, right? Giving birth is always an ordeal, but she was in a barn. (laughs) Poor thing. Didn't have much help. And here come these shepherds gawking and fawning over a baby. But you know what? I sometimes wonder if God didn't send shepherds because shepherds would know what to do in that situation. Have you ever thought about this? Like in the event of a birth in a barn, you don't need some hoity-toity religious expert. You don't need a king or a rich person, somebody afraid to get their hands dirty. You need a farmer, right? Someone accustomed to getting their hands dirty and really in the business of life and death and someone who knows their way around a barn and a birth. We, we talk about it being awesome that God sent shepherds or that he appeared to shepherds in that field because of their lowly position. And isn't it just like God to send somebody, to, to take somebody in a lowly position and raise them to a position of honor? But what if... He sent shepherds also because they were useful. (laughs) Mary needed that help. They weren't just worshipful. They were very helpful in that situation. And wouldn't it be just like God to provide this out-of-this-world provision like that, like help from the most unlikely place? But anyway, the shepherds show up. They come and they go. And then Luke 2.19 says right after that, Mary kept all these things in her heart, and she thought about them often. Mary treasured these things in her heart. That's what another version says. She treasured them. And she thought about them often. This verse has always stuck out to me. I first understood it, though, when I became a parent. (laughs) There are just some things that other people won't value as much as you do, right, parents? Like you geek out over your kid babbling and saying nothing words, but it means so much to you, and other people are like, yeah, okay, cool, good job. That's what a baby does. Awesome, right? But it means the world to you. I used to think that's what this this verse was about, that Mary was just treasuring things as a parent looking at her kid. But now I also get it from like a, a ministry, walking with Jesus, discipleship kind of way. Ministry is tough. Faith is tough because people are tough. <laughs> it hurts sometimes to be out there in the fields working for Jesus. But every once in a while, there's a magical moment, too. There's this powerful moment that that reminds you of why you do what you do. Something no one else gets to see. 
a tearful, powerful salvation moment at the altar, maybe, or, or somebody having a breakthrough in their faith, or babies given to barren parents, like amazing radical life changes because of maybe something you prayed or something you said, a healing, a deliverance, a transformation, right? An all-encompassing life change, relationship restored, something amazing happens in ministry. When you get to be there with people in the pain, you can also understand a depth to the breakthrough that you wouldn't get to see otherwise. And there are moments in ministering to people that you just have to treasure or you're not getting through it. You're not going to last very long. Uh, because Jesus said, in this life, there will be trouble, right? Not there may be trouble, there could be trouble, there might be trouble. There will be trouble. But do you know what the rest of that verse says? But take heart, for I have overcome the world. Take heart. Take heart. See, it seems to me, Jesus mixes up his verb tense a lot. When you're reading through the Gospels, you you may notice this from time to time. He says, for I have overcome the world. I looked it up. He said this long before the cross. He said this before he comes back to banish Satan once and for all, to set up his kingdom here on earth. All of that is going to happen someday. He said this before creating a new heaven and a new earth. He says, I have overcome the world, as if he's already done it. Like, Jesus, you okay? (laughs) Is that what you meant to say? Of course it is, because he's God, right? So we have to know that it wasn't just about the cross, that his birth, him coming to the world, was miraculous in and of itself. Sometimes I think I forget that. His birth, his coming, miraculous, that perfection would step down, that it would enter into our mess, that a God would not cling to his godliness, his power, his prestige, that he would humble himself. It's miraculous and it's worth following. It's worth everything. Which is good because it'll take everything. In fact, there's this whole passage in Luke entitled, The Cost of Following Jesus. And I'm going to read this to you. As they were walking along, someone said to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. They're making this big, bold declaration of faith in front of Jesus, right? I will follow you wherever you go. But Jesus replied, foxes have dens to live in. Birds have nests. But the Son of Man has no place even to lay his head. He said to another person, come, follow me. And the man agreed, but he said, Lord, first let me return home and bury my father. But Jesus told him, let the spiritually dead bury their own dead. Your duty is to go and preach about the kingdom of God. Another said, yes, Lord, I will follow you. But first, let me say goodbye to my family. Jesus told them, anyone who puts a hand to the pot and then looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. Harsh, Jesus. I can't even say bye to my family. I can't bury my family. What What is going on here? But I think Jesus is saying we have excuses, so many excuses. And let me just do this first. Let me do that first, and then I'll follow you. Then I'll give you my all, Jesus. But if we don't have our absolute priorities in order in following Jesus, we may not make it. Look, Mary had her priorities in order. If she hadn't been treasuring the right things in her heart, I'm not sure she would have made it through raising the Son of God. 
It was a tough job she was given, right? She had to raise a boy with more interest in the temple than anything else, even than following her home. She had to raise a man who grew in wisdom and stature who would eventually become so famous and then suddenly infamous in the space of a week. A man who was hunted. The man you nursed and held to your chest as a baby suddenly hanging naked, beaten and bloody on a tree while people mocked and accused him. And I can't imagine that job. Take heart. Take heart, Jesus said. To take heart is to take control of your mind so that you can be brave and courageous enough to face difficult times. The Bible says, renew your mind and don't be anxious. In John 16, Jesus was telling his disciples that he was headed for the cross and they did not want to hear that. Take heart, he said. Heart, courage, faithfulness, tenacity, they aren't just going to be given to you. It's very rare someone is sort of born with those qualities. They are, they are not just going to fall in your lap. Fear falls in your lap. Fear is found easily. It's found lying around. You can pick up fear anywhere you go. Heart is something that must be taken. You have to take heart. That's the rewind message that God has for us this year. Take heart. A few months, for a few months now, I have been praying Acts 4, 29 through 30 over this church. It's been my background on my phone for months. I pray it all the time. And it's our main verse for next week's sermon series that's going to start about the Holy Spirit. But let me read it to you now. And now, O Lord, hear their threats and give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Now, I'm praying for boldness on this church. And not just boldness in everyday life, but boldness in preaching the word. Boldness in asking God for his healing power and miraculous signs and wonders be poured into us so that we can be this beacon in this community, that wonder would spread. The Bible says a lot in Jesus' ministry that wonder spread throughout the neighborhoods. People were wondering. They were curious. They just they felt compelled to come and see what it was all about. That's what I'm praying for. God would be doing these miracles within us. Boldness would overflow from us in preaching the word. To do that, we have to take heart. <laughs> We're going to be methodically praying boldness over this church in our intercessors meetings and, and throughout the next series especially. But throughout this year, we're going to be praying for those signs and wonders to be done through us. For that, we need a surge of faith. I know doubts and questioning, not that doubts and questioning are bad, because they're not. In fact, I think they're good as long as you follow those questions through and get the answers, right? They move your forward. But that, that we would be just so bold, ready. When we get questions, we were, we're ready to answer them. It's, it's been a weird and rough couple of years for most people. There's no denying that. <laughs> right? Since COVID, I hear a lot of people like, I still feel like it's 2020. Like the past couple of years have just been a blur. Anybody feel that way? It's been a, a weird couple of years, a lot of unrest, a lot of unsettling, a lot of fear lying around that you can just pick up. Take heart, for I have already overcome the world. In order to take heart, we have to do a little treasuring 
a little storing, a little cataloging. We have to take some notes, make a list, make a vision board. Thank God for all that he has done in the past and look forward to what he's going to do. God is always up to something new. The same God never changes, but always looking ahead to something new, building, building his church, changing it, renewing it, restoring it. And just like Mary, we have to treasure the right things in our heart. This is why we do Rewind Weekend, to look back, to realize that God has done so much in us, through us, than we ever thought was possible in a year, to help us not forget the miracles, the times God provided for us when it seemed like there was no way. That's why we did Testimony Weekend. So it's not just me saying it, but you're actually hearing stories of God moving in individual lives, that he's all about the one, not just us as a body. It's both. God has opened a door for you maybe this year, or or maybe he made a way where there was no way. He comforted you. He sent you a gift you didn't deserve. He blessed you beyond your wildest dreams. The times he answered prayers, they're important to remember. This is why I do a prayer journal, by the way. I have looked back on previous prayer journals, like from 10 years ago or something. I just flipped through it quick, and I'm like, I can't even believe that was a prayer. Like, it's been so changed since then. God did so much in my life since then. I'm surprised I wasn't even praying over that. I forgot I was even praying over it. That's how well God answered it, right? Anybody else like that? Or you look back, and you're just like, God, I forgot to even thank you. (laughs) It's so good. Taking heart is sometimes just remembering those things in the past, like Mary, treasuring those things in your heart. Maybe he didn't send shepherds in a barn in the middle of nowhere to help some strangers because they were told by a host of heavenly angels giving a praise for Like, maybe that's not, it wasn't that big and earth shattering for you. But if you've been walking with God for any amount of time, I'm sure that he's come through for you. Because that's what he does. He makes a way where there is no way. I'm sure there is one of those moments. And I'm asking you today to not forget. Don't forget those miracle moments. Treasure them in your heart. Think about them often. This isn't a passive thing. It doesn't say receive heart. It's not something somebody's giving you. It's something you have to take. Take heart. And this isn't just a Mary thing. We actually see this in the Old Testament, throughout the Old Testament too. In fact, the whole book of Deuteronomy is really a call to remember. Let me just read a passage of this for you today. Deuteronomy 8, 1 through 5. Be careful to obey all the commands I am giving you today. This is Moses' sort of last speech before entering the promised land. Be careful to obey all the commands I've given you. Then you will live and multiply, and you will enter... And occupy the land the Lord, the Lord swore to give your ancestors. Remember how the Lord your God led you through the wilderness for these 40 years, humbling you and testing you to prove your character and to find out whether or not you would obey his commands. Yes, he humbled you by letting you go hungry and then feeding you with manna, a food previously unknown to you and your ancestors. He did it to teach you that people do not live by bread alone. Rather, we live by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. For all these 40 years, your clothes didn't wear out. Can you imagine? Clothes being new for 40 years. All these 40 years, your clothes didn't wear out and your feet didn't blister or swell. Think about it. Just as a parent disciplines a child, the Lord your God disciplines you for your own good. 
God is, is through Moses trying to get Israel to remember, to look back, to celebrate, even in their wandering, which can't have been easy. Even in that, he is still working. Even in our wandering, God still leads. Let me read verse 2 one more time. Remember how the Lord your God led you through the wilderness for these 40 years. You were wandering, but God was still leading. Right? I can easily look back, and I can choose to see the wilderness of a year. It's easy to see the wilderness. It's the the hard parts, the humblings and the testings and the things that made you very tired at the end of a long day. Those are easy. And I can get mad at God for those things, or I can choose to see how he was leading me through that for my own good. Because he has led me, and I had to learn a new way of following. The Israelites were used to being slaves in Egypt. They needed those 40 years of wandering to learn how to be disciples, not slaves. To learn to have a a master that they couldn't see and feel and hear and touch necessarily. That God would be their king. They had to learn that. They had to learn a new way of following. And for Mary, she probably never would have thought that anyone who could, who would show up in a barn would help her. She probably felt very alone. Little did she know that God was leading them to exactly where they should be and providing help even in the most unlikely place from the most unlikely people. We also see from this passage that even in our wandering, God teaches. Verse 3, yes, he humbled you by letting you go hungry and then feeding you manna. He did it to teach you that people don't live by bread alone. God was teaching him to rely on him and him alone, on God and God alone. And the metaphorical part of it is that I think we all have these rock-bottom moments, like rock-bottom thoughts, really, sometimes, where it's like when something bad happens, you have these thoughts, well, like, well, at least I still have my friends. At least I still have this family member. At least I still have uh, this event coming up. Or at least I still have this financial thing coming or whatever. Like, at least we still have. Sometimes we go through years where God strips us of some of those things. At least we still have. Because really, my only at least I still have should be Jesus. Right? Right? That we sing these songs like, all I need is you. Do you really? I mean, really, I, when I sing that song, I struggle sometimes because I feel like I need a lot more than just Jesus. I feel like I need a roof over my head and a nice car that runs and I need clothes and I need my kids and my family and my husband. I need my job. I need things, right? Really, all I need is Jesus because he is the provider of those things. He wants good things for me. All I need is him. When I have Jesus and only Jesus, I am still living in abundance. Really, if I only had Jesus in this life, I'm still living in abundance. If he never did another thing for me, what he did on the cross 2,000 years ago is enough. It is abundance. It's something we say, but if we really believe it, if we're... We're still holding on to those at least we still have, so we don't really believe it. I need to hold on to every word that comes from the mouth of God. That is what he teaches us in the wilderness, in the wandering. 
not holding on to the, the, you know, what advice my people give me, my family, my friends, political parties, culture, what I read on the internet, just God. And God helped teach me that this year in a way I won't soon forget how to follow him and him alone. And Mary was taught something in that barn too. I'm switching between stories here a bit, but she saw the hand of God teach her that she wasn't alone, that she wasn't the only one who could know that that she was special and favored and blessed. God called the shepherds for that reason, to come and celebrate what he did there. She learned, and she wouldn't soon forget that God had her back. Number three, even in our wandering, God provides. He leads, he teaches. He is the provider. Verse four said, for all these 40 years, your clothes didn't wear out and your feet didn't blister or swell. (laughs) These aren't the usual ways we think of God providing, are they? I think of God giving me new shoes. I would like new shoes, please, God, and new clothes. (laughs) But the fact that they didn't, blister or swell their feet and then their clothes didn't wear out like that's amazing I want you know food in the fridge and a full bank account and extra presents under the tree at Christmas like this is how I want God to provide but maybe he does it in a different way maybe he causes things not to break maybe my tires didn't go bad this year when really they should have or uh, my old fridge still hasn't given out God is causing these things to be provided for me, even when they shouldn't. We often forget that God works in these little ways too. Even in our wandering, God leads, he teaches, he provides. Mary didn't yet know what she would have to walk through with that baby boy, not the full extent of it. She didn't know how difficult the road ahead would be. In fact, I imagine that once that boy was born, she probably thought, oh, I can rest a little while now. The worst surely is behind me. But I guarantee you those things she stored in her heart are what got her through. So today, we remember. We mark those moments in our lives where God provided and we store them in our heart. But don't just let this be like a once a year rewind weekend tradition thing. Remind yourself often. I'm I'm encouraging you today to go home and make a way to remind yourself. Put a list on your fridge. Start a prayer journal. Something. Remind yourself what God has done and celebrate it often because that's what will get you through to the next, through the next big faith challenge. I've, I've heard it said that your reward for the last faith challenge is your next big challenge. <laughs> There's always another one coming. We have to take heart. Because if he did it once, of course he can do it again. If he provided for us last year, why wouldn't he do it this year? And even though it's the first week of February, not January, we're going to set our hearts on this year, looking ahead toward what that means. Instead of thinking about all the ways you're going to change in the new year, think about just for today especially. Think of all the ways God has led you taught you, provided for you. Remember and take heart, for he has already overcome the world. Let me encourage you with my story real quick. What I'm treasuring this year, and I don't think I've really fully explained this publicly yet, the whole reason we're doing Rewind Weekend in February is my little arrow. (laughs) My son, seven-week-old arrow. 
who came December 12th, right before Christmas, one of the busiest times of year as a pastor. I was really worried about that. But he himself is a miracle that I will treasure. His very existence is a testimony to what God can do. Aaron and I always knew we wanted three kids. In fact, sometime in 2017, we both got tattoos in the form of arrows representing our kids, even though we only had two at the time. Aaron got three. And it's, it's based off a verse in Psalm 127 that says, Children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from Him. Children born to a young man are like arrows in a warrior's hands. How joyful is the man whose quiver is full of them. He will not be put to shame when he confronts his accusers at the city gates. There he is. He's talking. He knows we're talking about him. So Aaron got three arrows to represent our two kids, one with a blue mark, one with a pink mark to represent Telly and crew, and then a blank one for the child we were starting to try to have at that time. So we began trying for a third in the end, really, of 2017, when our youngest crew was about three and a half, I think. Instead of getting pregnant immediately, like I did with the other two, it nothing happened. We didn't know then that Aaron had kidney failure. When he was diagnosed the next year, the summer of 2018, our world turned upside down. And suddenly, we were in chaos mode. Instead of planning a future family, we were just hanging on for dear life, to be honest, having to learn all about end-stage renal failure and dialysis and doing that at home and our whole lives basically became about keeping Aaron alive. And it was not an easy task. <laughs> the doctors told us that Aaron may not be able to father another child, possibly ever. That sometimes kidney failure kills that ability. And with a transplant, it could come back, but it's not a guarantee. And so we started praying. We just believed God, you know, that God would heal him, that eventually, after getting a transplant, it would come back and, and we would be able to fill that third arrow on Aaron's arm with another child. But to be honest, that prayer was definitely on the back burner because our main prayer at that time was just that he would live. Just praying that he would live. There were times after his diagnosis and really over the next year and a half where that wasn't a likely possibility. I mean, he looked like death for a little while. But in October 2019, Aaron's brother was able to give him a kidney, and Johns Hopkins in Baltimore uh, did the surgery that saved Aaron's life. We're so grateful to Hopkins for that. And slowly his body started to come back to life again, and we just continued to sort of quietly believe and pray that God would sometime provide us with a third child to fill that arrow on Aaron's arm. And now, now you all know, of course, December 12th, God answered that prayer, and our little arrow was born reminding us that even when it seems impossible, even when the physical world wants to work against you all of the time, that God is still God, and God is still good. He leads, He teaches, and He provides. So what do I have to worry about? What do I have to fear? Uh, what can the enemy steal from me that God can't restore a thousand percent? Nothing. Nothing. Well, sometime along the way, I, I remember preaching a sermon where I, I kept saying, I will fear God and nothing less. I will fear God and God alone. I will fear God and nothing less because it's all less than God. God is the provider, the deliverer, the comforter, the healer. I say those things to myself all the time too because that's who he is. How could he not 
provide for me, comfort me, lead me and teach me. That's what he does, even in our wandering, even in our despair, even in our lack of faith, even when it seems like all hope is lost, even when our bodies are failing, when our our prayers aren't being answered yet, when we doubt and ask questions and let fear in, he leads, he teaches, he provides. It's our job to remember, to take heart, keep our faith. So what has God brought you out of today? What has he given you this year? What ways have you moved forward? What prayers has he answered? Take some time today and remember those things. Take heart. Purposefully build your faith and remember. Can we do that together today? Let's bow our heads. Father, as we close our eyes and just remember back over the last year, help us remember. Bring those things to our minds that that we would be able to celebrate what you have done. And God, maybe there's somebody here today, I just feel this prompting, this whisper in my heart. Somebody here feels like I don't have any of those stories. Not one. God has never come through for me. I don't know how to how to remember something and maybe I'm really new at this or I just barely believe and I just can't see it right now. Let someone else's story encourage you. There are people in this congregation who have been brought back from the brink of suicide. People in this congregation who who have been stripped of their family and then it's restored later. People that have believed God for financial breakthrough and it is given. And we did that whole testimony weekend and maybe your task today will be to go back and listen to that testimony weekend on the podcast or on YouTube, right? To, to remind yourself, to build your faith. If God can do it for them, he can do it for you. Maybe it's taking someone else's story and, and hanging on to that for dear life or a story in the word about how God came through. You know, every single one of our biblical heroes were imperfect except Jesus. They all had stuff in their past. Moses was a murderer. (laughs) And you don't get much worse than that. And yet God used him. He was the one who delivered the, the Deuteronomy speech about looking back and remembering. And God brought him through so much. And he used him to lead an entire nation of people to freedom. He can do it for you too. God will lead you. He will teach you. He will provide for you. Just remember and let him. Father, we thank you and we praise you for what you're doing in our hearts and minds. Thank you that you are moving, that you're helping us remember, build our faith, that this year we would be bold coming before you. We would be bold in preaching, that we would actively seek out the signs and the wonders for the people in our lives, that not just for us, that we wouldn't just be praying for healing for our bodies, but we'd go out into the world and pray over others, that we'd hear about somebody hurting or in pain or sick at work, and we'd lay our hands on them and pray, and we'd see miracles right there, that that church wouldn't just be where the miracles happen, but we'd all be coming in the door celebrating miracles that you did throughout the week in our everyday lives. We ask you for that. 
In Jesus' name. Do you have a word for us, Pastor Aaron Pringle? I have something to say, to add, to add what she was saying. Please do. So when we were going through kidney failure and trying to have a kid and trying to fill this arrow, I had to get to a point where was God's plan greater than my plan. And I don't, I don't want you guys to think that just because you, you take heart and keep faith that it's always going to work out is, well, not is. She preached a message about even if he doesn't faith. And that's what got me through kidney failure. So I had to get to a point of crying and reaching out to God and being angry and yelling at him and considering what can I do to make this better ultimately that God whatever you decide whether I live or die because we all thought I mean most of you were here I wasn't going to make it and I had to be okay with that I got to the point where I said God I trust your plan enough that I'm willing to say goodbye to my family if it's what's best for this church for my family because I know that you're God and you are still good despite whether I'm here to see it or not. So don't always hold on to the thing. Hold on to the thing provider. Because whether he comes through or not in the way that we see, doesn't matter. Because his plan's always greater than what we see. He has a higher view, a higher outlook than we can see. We see limited view. He sees everything. So just trust that whether it works out the way you see it or not, it's better that way. So good. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's partly what I meant, I mean by God teaches. In that season, God taught us so much that we couldn't see at the time, but now we're three and a half years out from kidney transplant and I can see all the changes. Aaron and I have both changed so much through that experience. Like changes I can trace back to. He was dying. We had to adjust. You know, God changed us. And I really think it was for the benefit of this church, for the benefit of our family. So many lessons learned. God teaches. And and I didn't want to go through all of that. Aaron certainly didn't. (laughs) He was in pain. A lot of that time, it was hard. But here on the other side, I'm sort of grateful for it because God knows what he's doing. (laughs) God is still God. God is still good. He teaches, he leads, he provides. Amen? Amen. Let me just ask for, for, I just want to ask for some responses just so I can pray. If you're in the room and without heads bowed and eyes closed or any of that, if you would just say, I'm going to, I'm going to remember some things this week. Would you just raise your hand? I'm going to make a list. I'm going to start a prayer journal. I'm going to, I'm going to do something to celebrate what God has done. Awesome. And then if you would put those down and today you're saying, I would love to give my life to Jesus. I don't want to leave this moment without giving you that opportunity. And let me encourage you. It's the best decision you can ever make. You saw 12 people make that decision publicly, declare their faith today in the service. We've talked about how good and amazing and sometimes hard it is to follow him, but he is always there with you through it. He will lead you. 
provide for you and teach you. If that's you and you just, I want to give my life to Jesus boldly in front of everyone. Not that I'm going to make you stand up or anything, but nobody's looking down. (laughs) Anybody in this room, I want to give my life to Jesus. If you're watching online, you can text the number on the screen. I'd love to have that conversation with you. Okay. Father, one more time, I just bless this amazing church body. Thank you for this generous, passionate people. We, You have called us to be that vibrant, passionate, selfless church, but to also change the world with the message of the gospel. Help us move into that calling this year. We really would, each and every one of us, be beacons of the gospel in our world, that we would get to a point where we fall in love with Jesus so much that it just oozes out of us in every way. We would really be going through life looking for people to pour into, to give into, to pray over, and to work miracles in their lives. Let us be that beacon of the gospel in everything we do. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, please let us know by going to fv.church slash I am in. And remember to download our app for more content and helpful links. 